0: Good morning, everybody. This morning, I am sitting out front of our Shaw campus. This morning, the doors are locked and the place is empty. If you had told me two months ago that on a Sunday morning, the doors of the Shaw campus would be locked and the place would be empty, I would tell you that you were crazy, because there's no way I expected this to happen. In fact, we launched the Shaw campus in November of last year, and immediately people started coming, uh, getting connected to small groups, joining our dream team, drawing closer to God and each other, family feasts, worship nights. It was was awesome. But then the unexpected happened. When COVID-19 struck, not just our city, but our country and our world, everybody's lives got turned upside down. We all experienced the unexpected. The reality is that this unexpected disruption is just a a magnified version of the kinds of unexpected disruptions, unexpected experiences we all have in life. Now, sometimes those unexpected experiences are pleasant ones. We put on an old pair of jeans and find a $20 bill in there that we forgot about and take ourselves out for a nice burger. But a lot of times the unexpected is uh, a devastating blow. We lose a job unexpectedly. Family member gets a diagnosis unexpectedly. We experience a financial downturn unexpectedly. A relationship begins to unravel in ways that we could have never foreseen. All of us know what it's like to experience the unexpected. So what do we do when we begin to experience things that we were not expecting. Today I want to share with you a story of a man who had a very unexpected experience. And like me, he was sitting outside of a house of worship and he wasn't allowed to go in. The story begins in Acts chapter 3 and it goes like this. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate, beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Today, I wanna speak with you for just a few moments on the topic, Expect the Unexpected. I find to be so intriguing about this story is the wild contrast in the expectations of the people in the story. For instance, the beggar has a set of expectations about how this encounter is going to end. And his expectations are simply that After Peter and John drop some money in his cup, they will walk away, walk into the temple, like all of the other religious people who have walked by every day for the last 40 years. That's his expectation. Peter and John have a totally different expectation. They expect that at the end of this encounter, this beggar who has been sitting in this position for 40 years is going to get up and walk. The expectations are wildly different. They're as different as this chunk of clay and this sweet little lamb. I mean, they're just totally different. And if I'm gonna be honest, I track with the, the, the beggar's expectations. I mean, this is a guy that I can relate to. I get his perspective. He expects the same thing to happen today as what happened yesterday and the day before that, all the way back, his entire life. If you remember what the scripture said about the man, it said that the man was lame from birth. And what that means is he had never experienced anything else. His, his legs had never borne weight. He had never had the experience of walking. And so how can we expect him, how can we expect him to expect anything different than what he's always experienced? Because as you and I both know, All of us know that our experiences shape our expectations. What we experienced in the past shapes what we expect for our future. In our our minds, a chunk of clay was always a chunk of clay and it's always gonna be a chunk of clay. If I was a C student in the past, I'm gonna be a C student in the future. If I had messed up relationships in the past, then I'm probably gonna have messed up relationships in the future, If if, if, if I've failed in my life in the past, I've quit, I've fallen apart, then that's probably what my future looks like too because all of us know that our past experiences shape our expectations of the future. And the thing is the more we experience the same thing over and over and over again, then the more crystallized our expectations about the future become. If you remember in the scripture, it says that he was there every day. Every day for 40 years, same experience over and over and over again. They bring him to the gate, he holds out the cup, he begs, people put money in the cup, they take him home, that's his life. And if you've never experienced anything differently then how can you expect your future to be different? If your past has always been the same, how can your future be any different? If if all you've ever experienced in life is abuse, then how can you expect that you might experience true intimacy and tenderness? If all you've ever experienced in the past is betrayal, then how can you expect faithfulness? If all you've ever experienced in the past is depression, and despair, then it's really hard to expect that you're going to experience joy because our past experiences shape our future expectations. This is, this is the way all of us anticipate what's going on. That's what was happening with this man at the gate. He was just expecting what, was, what had been happening his whole life. But let me ask you a question. What if God wants you to experience something different in the future than what you've experienced in the past? What if God wants you to experience an entirely different experience in the future than the kinds of experiences that you've had in the past? What if he does want you to experience joy? What if he does want you to experience wholeness? what if he does want you to experience true peace and love and health and vitality and strength and love? What if he wants that for you? And what if because your expectations have become so crystallized that you almost can't let go of your expectations even though God wants something different for you? He he wants you to experience something different. You see, This is where it gets really tricky. This is where it gets deep. Because not only do our experiences shape our expectations, but over time, our expectations begin to shape our experiences. What we expect to happen starts to happen. Our expectations of the future begin to shape the experiences of our future. There's an ancient Greek myth about a sculptor, stone sculptor named Pygmalion. And Pygmalion sculpts this beautiful statue out of ivory of a woman. And the statue is so beautiful and so realistic that Pygmalion falls in love with her. He begins to talk with her. He begins to bring her uh, jewelry and, and beautiful seashells from the sea and songbirds. And he, he actually begins to expect that she will come to life. And as the story goes, over time, this stone sculpture actually comes to life and they fall in love. Now, you and I are probably not going to make a statue come to life but the moral of the story is that our expectations in life sometimes end up shaping our experiences you know this from your own experience Uh, if you expect a certain outcome if you expect to fail at something for instance a test or a date or a job interview uh, if you expect to fail then you get distracted you're not focused on it you don't work as hard on it and the ultimate outcome is you're more likely to fail at it because your expectation affected shaped the actual experience right it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy i wonder if the beggar's expectations about his life began to shape his experience there were other people in jerusalem that had disabilities uh, that didn't sit every day for 40 years at the edge of the temple and beg But somehow in the beggar's mind, his expectations ended up shaping the experience that he was having day after day, year after year. I wonder how many of us are being limited by our expectations for our life. I wonder how many of us uh, are expecting a certain outcome and we're actually creating the environment where that outcome is assured. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I wonder how many of us would be willing to let go of some of our expectations for ourselves, to let go of some of the things that we anticipate and expect so that we might be able to experience something different. I wonder how many of us would allow our expectations to change so that our experience would change. here's where it gets even deeper. Notice where the beggar is sitting. Scripture says he's sitting at a gate. The gate is a point of entry. A gate represents access. A gate is a place through which people enter into something that they want to experience. This beggar had been sitting outside of the gate every day for 40 years and had never gone into the temple. Because of the, of the nature of his disability, he wasn't allowed to enter into the gate. So all he could do was sit outside the gate and watch other people access an experience that he could never access. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of watching other people experience things that you wanna experience, that you're not getting to experience, but everybody else is experiencing them. But when that happens, sometimes we can begin to tell a story to explain our lack of access. We start to tell stories like, well, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I'm not supposed to experience love. Maybe I'm not supposed to have joy in my life. Maybe I'm not supposed to fulfill my purpose or find my meaning in life. Or maybe I'm not supposed to make a difference like I thought I was. We start to build stories around our experience of a lack of access. And if you want to get real deep with this, notice what, where the gate is located it's located at a temple, a house of worship. This is a place where there's supposed to be transformation. This is supposed to be the place where God and people meet and people are transformed and changed and altered as a result of their connection, as a result of their experience, their encounter with God. But people are streaming in and streaming out, and he's not experiencing any change or any transformation. And Apparently, the people coming in and out aren't experiencing it either because it's just day after day after day of the exact same thing. In fact, sometimes we can, we can build rhythms and routines around the stories that we tell ourselves until they actually become a sort of religion for us. Like this house of worship was a place of religion for people. And maybe he's even telling himself the theological story maybe God doesn't want me to have wholeness. I mean, after 40 years, maybe God doesn't want me to experience uh, uh, peace in my life and joy and fullness in my life. Maybe that's not for me. But then something happens. Something really unexpected happens. Peter and John walk towards the temple. They see the man. And you've got to remember that Peter and John had just had an encounter with the risen Christ. So when you've had an encounter with the risen Christ, You begin to expect the unexpected. I'm sure they didn't expect Jesus to rise from the tomb. And after that happened, wow, you can start to expect the unexpected. They start coming towards him. He sees them, the scripture says, when he saw them coming, he asked them, the scripture says, for money. Now, you can't blame the guy. This is what he thought he needed. He asked them for what he expected. He asked them for what he believed he needed. A lot of times in our lives, we beg God, God, give me the thing I think I need. God, I, I, need, a, I, need, I need more money. I need a new job. I need to get married. I need to get unmarried. I need, I need a child. God, give me a child. God, get my child out of this house, right? I mean, we, we ask God, we beg God for the things that we believe we need. God, I, I, I need to retire. God, I need to get back to work, right? This is what the beggar did. He begged for the thing that he believed he needed. But something began to shift in his mind. Something began to shift in the moment because the scripture says that they looked straight at him and then they actually said to him, look at us. You see, normally when people would come to this beggar, they didn't look straight at him and they certainly didn't say, look at us normally when people would come to this beggar they would sort of look away or they would look to the side or if they were going to throw some money at him they might look at the cup but a lot of times people are they want to help with the problem but they don't really want to connect with the person behind the problem they don't want to actually look directly in the eyes of the person with the problem so this was new for him so when he said when they said to him look at us the scripture says that he gave them their attention expecting to get something from them. So surely he was expecting to get what he wanted, what he believed he needed, a little bit of change in his cup. But they didn't want to give him some change in a cup. They wanted to give him complete transformation. So he's looking at them saying, money. Peter and John said, listen, silver and gold, we do not have. In other words, we're not going to give you what you think you need. So this is an immediate disappointment of his expectations because that's what he wants. That's what he believes he needs. And they say, silver and gold, we're not going to give you. We're not going to give you what you think you need. But that which we have, we are going to give to you. And then they said the most unexpected thing of all, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now, this is the moment where expectations collide. The expectation for the beggar, that things are going to be in the future exactly as they have been in the past versus the expectation of Peter and John that everything in this man's life is about to change. Then there came a decision, and the decision is for the beggar, which direction am I going to go? Am I going to exchange my expectations for these new expectations, am I going to release, am I going to let go of the experiences that I've had in the past? Am I going to let go of my expectations so that I can experience something new, a new encounter with God, a new experience that I've never experienced before? You see, it's really hard to release our own expectations. It's hard to let go of some of the things that we've held on to in our life. In fact, the process is painful for a rock to not remain a a rock, for it to become a beautiful statue, that means some things have to be cut off. Some parts of it have to be broken off. Some things have to be chiseled. Some things have to be carved out. And in our life, it's the same way. If we're going to experience the exceptional, we've got to let go of the expected. We've got to let go of some of the things that we expected and hoped for and dreamed for. We've got to let go of some of the things that we thought we needed. We've got to let go of some of the things that we begged God for so that we can experience what He expects for us and what He wants us to experience and what He wants us to encounter. We have to exchange our expectations for His expectations. And that's a difficult process. I wonder how many of us today are willing to let go of some of our own experiences and let go of some of our own expectations and let go of some of our own dreams and of our own aspirations and our own hopes and our own desires so that we can experience something new so that we can experience an encounter with the risen lord So let me ask you a question. What do you think would have happened if the beggar had not released his expectations, held on to his expectations for some coins in his cup and not received the experience that Peter and John wanted to give him? What do you think would have happened? I think what would have happened is he would have spent his life sitting outside the temple gate begging for a few loose coins, begging for some change instead of receiving an absolute life transformation. Because what the scripture tells us is, thankfully, it didn't end that way. What the scripture tells us is that Peter reached down, took him by the hand, pulled him to his feet, and instantly his feet and his ankles were made strong and he began to walk. And the scripture said, for the first time in his life. He entered into the temple courts, walking and leaping and praising God. Why? Because he released his expectations for what were supposed to happen, what he thought was going to happen based on his 40 years of experience. And he received an encounter. He experienced an encounter with the risen Christ. So here's my challenge to you, my invitation to you today. What if you and I would release some of the expectations that we have for our life? In fact, what if we allowed God to operate in the midst of our disappointed expectations? The fact that we've already experienced an unexpected disruption to our life. What if we allowed God to work in the midst of that so that we could encounter the risen Christ in the midst of this disruption? What if we let go of some of our expectations so that we could experience an encounter with God? Today, I wanna invite you to that. Maybe for the first time in your life, I wanna invite you like the beggar outside of the temple to rise up and walk to expect the unexpected.